the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. Your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Well, tonight, we bring you the God of all comfort. He is the God who comforts us not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, especially in these perilous and uncertain times. As we continue forward through this year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Omicron variant. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, culture warfare, financial difficulties, and the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. And now, lest I forget, we can add global conflict to the mix. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you, stay tuned. Stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. I know we've had a little bit of technical problems here, but look like uh, on your end, look like we've uh, got it ironed out. So we trust that it'll stay that way. Uh, so we asking everybody in the Bay Area to continue to pray uh, that God will put a special protection around the technical uh, issues that we're facing. Um, this does bring us to part 16, and we are talking about the God of all comfort. And he is a God that comforts us in uh, everything that we go through. That's why it says he's the God of all comfort. It talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through. And in this uh, world by which we live in, uh, we need comfort. We need a God of not uh, only comfort, but we need a God of uh, compassion. And he is a God of uh comfort, and he's a God of compassion. And we know that uh, when Jesus uh, saw the crowds, he saw the multitudes, the scripture says he was moved with compassion upon the multitudes, uh, because he saw that they stood in need of uh, a savior. They stood in need of uh, somebody to come in that was the God of all comfort, to comfort them, and to bring compassion upon their lives. So 
He's a God of compassion. He's a God of uh, comfort. He's a God that loves you, my friend, better than you love yourself. And there's nothing like coming to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. And we pray that that will become a reality in your life. Now, I want to say that, uh, you know, we have been talking about uh, uh, there are eight reasons why God allowed bad things to happen to uh, his people. There are eight reasons why God allowed bad things to happen to his people. And I want you to uh, write all of these points down and get uh, one point after the next, uh, because it'll help to strengthen your life and strengthen your faith in Christ. Uh, by way of review, uh, he number one, he tests the strength of our faith. He wants to test the strength of our faith. Number two, uh, he weans us from worldly things, weans us from worldly things. Number three, he calls us to a heavenly hope. And then number four, he uh, helps us to see uh, how much we love him through the testing that we go through, because there's a lot of things that we love more than the Lord. So sometimes he has to take away from us our idols to make sure that we're going to love him more so than the idol. And that's the big struggle that most people have today in this world is idolatry. And idolatry always leads to immorality. And those are the two things that brings the judgment of God upon uh, individuals and a nation. Uh, now, number five, most of the time that God allows bad things to happen to us, now, this is a very important one, to teach us obedience to Christ, obedience to his lordship. And uh, sometimes he has to take us to the woodshed to get us to that place of obedience. And uh, number six, and we talked about this last time uh, in uh, detail, and I want to go into it uh, some more and develop this some more, that sixthly, God allows bad things to happen to his people in order that he might manifest and reveal uh, to us uh, his uh, grace, uh, reveal to us a number of blessings, a list of blessings from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, so number six, God allows bad things to happen in our lives to uh, bless us with a list of things, and the uh, grace of God leads them all. The grace of God leads this list, because without the grace of God, you don't have a list at all. Now, so uh, this number six uh, point is the fact that God allows uh, these things to happen in our life, you know, so that he can get us uh, with the three Fs, focused, faithful, and fruitful. And uh, so he breaks out this list on uh, the Apostle Paul's life, but it relates to all of us because we all need to be humbled by God. And that thorn in uh, Paul's flesh was a reminder that we all have a thorn some way or another, and God allows those thorns in our lives to bring us to this list of things that I'm going to mention to you. And it's a tremendous list, and we want you to Make a note of this with this sixth point, and this is a blessed list in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and keying in on verse 9. 
my number one point with this list is that God gives us uh, sufficient grace for thee. God gives us sufficient grace for thee. Now, that's an interesting word there, sufficient grace. Now, the reason why that he does that is because a lot of times we uh, are sufficient in ourselves, and God has to knock out of us that insufficiency, knock out of us that sufficient spirit, because a lot of us go around and talk about and think in our hearts and our minds, I'm sufficient without God. Anytime you don't read the Bible daily, anytime you don't read the Bible daily and uh, pray and uh, put on the armor of God and witness and, uh, you know, give faithfully, you know, then you're saying I'm sufficient in and of myself to make it without God. And one of the number one things that caused the judgment of God to come upon all of us is pride. And that's the problem that the Apostle Paul had. He had uh, pride in his life, and pride was coming in, you know, when he had seen those revelations that no man has seen, and God had to allow a thorn in his flesh and, and a messenger of uh, Satan. He, he, he allowed it. Now, so when he says he allowed it, that means that uh, it means that God was involved with humbling him, and then he allowed Satan, a messenger of Satan, to hit him up. Uh, and so sometimes uh, God will deal with us directly. Uh, listen to me carefully, my friend, because this is so important. Sometimes God will deal with you directly and judge you directly. And then other times he will judge you through allowing Satan to hit you up and for him to hit you up at the same time, you know, because Satan is on a leash and he just lets go of that leash a little bit. And uh, he just brings the judgment he, and allow you to get whipped by the devil and by the Holy Spirit. You know, somebody one time said, all sometimes people need a good uh, hit by the devil and a quick shot by the Holy Spirit and you're in business. And that was what was going on with the Apostle Paul. And it humbled him, see? And so, uh, number one, God, in the midst of the situation, he went to the Lord three times to be healed, uh, that it be taken away from him. But he, God never did heal him on the physical side, but he healed them spiritually. And he said, number one, my grace is sufficient for thee. And then number two, he said, my strength is made, now made what? Number three, made perfect in weakness. Now, I want you to look at that word perfect, in weakness. And I was preaching this last week, uh, and a gentleman heard me, uh, and he was so blessed. He said, the Lord really used you, Dr. Buckner. And when I said in my message, the word perfect means mature and made whole. So he got so excited. He said, Lord really used you when you use the word perfect in weakness. That was Brother Manning. Brother Manning used to answer the phones. He said, the Lord really used you. And uh, he had me to hear that message so that I can be blessed. But 
perfect in weakness. And most of us are imperfect in weakness. We just, when we get weak, we get weaker and weakest. And you're supposed to get strong, stronger, and strongest. See, you make that comparison. You get weak, weaker, weakest, or you get strong, stronger, and strongest. Now, number four, the Apostle Paul uh, mentioned, uh, well, I rather glory in my infirmities. Oh, that's a tremendous word, glory. When you go through trials and tribulation, how often do you say, I'm going to give God the glory in all of this because I know he has a purpose in this. All things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, if you have that attitude, you're going to be, uh, you're going to conquer the enemy. You're going to conquer Satan, the flesh, and the world. But how often do you give God the glory when you're going through a financial crisis? When you're going through a physical crisis, when you're going through a mental, when you're going through persecution, when you're going through, uh, you know, division in the family, in a marriage, how often do you just look up and give God the glory? Give God the glory for a new day. Give God the glory for looking at his creation. Most people just don't hardly ever look up when they go outside, look up and just give God the glory for his creation. And number five, power, the power of Christ. Now, this is all in that verse nine of 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The power of Christ may rest upon me. Oh, that's a tremendous word. Now, when he said the power of Christ rests upon me, that means that when you got power in your weak moments, God will give you the dunamis and ecstasia to get through the situation and have the power to overcome any weakness in your life because you'll start to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22, and one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. You say, well, I have a hard time with alcohol and drugs and sex and pornography. My friend, if you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of your life, he will deliver you from that stuff. You know, so this is so important that we understand what God is saying. Now, through Paul. Now, I want to say this in closing. The Apostle Paul says in, in verse 10 and following, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Oh, my friend, he could say all of that to summarize everything. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because he had all this list godly list of things I just shared with you. And if you apply all of these things to your life, you will be not just a conqueror, you'll be more than a conqueror, as it says in Romans 8. Remember, my friend, 1 John 4 and 4, you of God, little children, and have overcome them. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Lord, we ask right now that you would bring uh, the three R's in the lives of people that's hearing this message. First R, Help them to recognize that they are a sinner. Secondly, the second R, help them to repent of sin in their life. And thirdly, the third R, help them to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. 
Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Butner. We just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. It is so vital that you keep those prayers going forward. Uh, it's it's uh, We are a prayer-driven ministry, and without your prayers, we know there's no way we'd be on the air this long or been on the air this long, almost 20 years. And uh, it's all due to the faithfulness of your prayers, as well as the faithfulness of your giving that you partner with us financially. This is a listener supported ministry. And uh, through your generous contributions, we're able to do what God has called us to do. And you have a part in that. You are partnering with us to touch lives for time and eternity. Right now, we have a deficit of $300, and we need your help to retire that. I know it's, we're approaching the summer months, and people are getting antsy about vacations and, and so forth, but don't take a vacation from your giving. Uh, it's so vitally important that we continue to pray and that you continue to give so that you don't tune in on Saturday night and all of a sudden discover, well, continuing for the faith is no longer on the air because... The support stopped, and we don't want that. You don't want that. So we just partner with us so we can all move forward and do the work that God has called us to do. Uh, it's so vitally important. And all your donations go directly back into the ministry to cover the cost of airtime. It's not cheap. And so we need your help to continue to do what we need to do again. We need your help to get rid of the $300 deficit so we can go forward and stay in the black there's two ways that you can give. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to Contending Faith, that's Contending Faith, dot org contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button it's that simple you'll be a blessing for time and eternity and speaking of being a blessing uh, consider being a blessing to your church by encouraging your pastor to get dr buckner to come and do a seminar at your at your local church um, it's a great opportunity for him to come in and share uh, all of his vast knowledge in apologetics, um, the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Uh, he's been speaking at many, many churches lately, and it's just been a phenomenal time. So we want to encourage you that he is available to come out and do these kinds of things. He's even preached messages in the Sunday morning services, um, and he's getting constant constant calls. And, and we just want to encourage that because uh, he's a great resource. Uh, it'll be a blessing for your church. And it's, a, it's an awesome time, you know, to, there's things that uh, n- none of us know at all, and not even your pastor knows it all, and ha- has had the expertise in the area of apologetics to be able to give reasons and answers for faith and be able to combat 
uh, various cults and isms that face us on a regular basis. And so here's Dr. Buckner. He's our, a local resource for the, the greater Bay Area community to, to utilize, to have him come out to speak, do a seminar, do a Sunday morning service, do workshops. He's available to do it all. You can actually reach him at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. And uh, make arrangements for him to come out. You'll be blessed. Your congregation will be blessed. And you'll uh, be equipped to do the work that God has called you to do. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready for these phones? Yes, Brother Gary, I appreciate you encouraging the people uh, on the, those uh, financial support. And we uh, know we got a great group of people that listen to this program and, and God has uh, blessed many. And we know that others are going through a tremendous time and crisis due to the COVID and so many other things, but it's the a radio program stays on by collective efforts. And sometimes we assume that, well, there's other people doing it, so I don't need to do it. That's not a good way to think. You want to all be thinking by all of us pitching in, it'll help uh, continue for the faith and other ministries to stay on the air. And so we want to just encourage you today. Uh, don't allow us to get way back behind financially because that risks us uh, literally going off the air uh, $300 right now, somebody could be touched tonight to say, you know what, I'm going to go to contendingfaith.org right now and give a black eye to that so that uh, we can go for it next week and not have to come up with another uh, extra uh, bill on us. So we want to just encourage people, as Brother Gary said, we don't like to labor on this a lot, but when it gets to a point where we see uh, people not really uh, stepping up to the plate, we want to just challenge you because um, many times we can take things for granted and we don't want to do, we don't want to sin like that. Uh, okay, Brother Gary, let's uh, get to uh, our first caller. All right. Sophia, are you there? Hello. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Oh, I tell you, very well. Thank you. I want to, now I have a question, but I moved to say something first because I don't know. The last two, well, every time when you preach, you know what the what contending for the faith means to me. But some of your, just even your sermons recently, your openings are the will of God. Now this whole series on the comfort of God, that alone, I said to myself, if this was on a CD or if they could go to a church and hear it, you could save people with that alone. You have been so magnificent, changed my life. Now let me tell you just briefly, before I get to my question, or maybe I won't have time to get to my question, but what I want to say is that, the, the I, you know, you we were talking just now, Dr. Buckner, about how we're going through things, all of us, and so we have to be. And I'm, because of your teachings, I have a whole new attitude. I have an issue. I don't want to go into it. But anyway, now I say, you know what? I'm in fellowship. If I have physical pain, I say I'm in fellowship with Christ and in, in the sufferings of Christ. I thank him. And that's all because of you. Instead of just wowing or all and being afraid, I say no. And then I say, you know, in the Bible, somewhere in Matthew, it says, oh, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather him who is able to destroy both soul and body and health. So I don't worry anymore. I don't worry. That used to drive me crazy, the news. I'd be so upset what's happening. And now I say no. 
and you've given me this enormous strength. Everything. I, I thank God for everything. Just, and you said it tonight, and I say, my heavens, this is exactly what Dr. Buckner has changed my life. This is how I live now. And so I can't thank you enough. And it, I, I, I can't express what this, this ministry has meant to me. There are no words. And every week now, I, no wonder uh, Satan's coming after the, uh, the technical issues, because your, your word is so much more powerful, it seems, every week. So, of course, the enemy is going to come in and try to stop it, because that's what he does. But anyway, I just wanted to say that, because it's... Well, thank you for, so much for saying that, uh, Sophia. Uh, we get blessed and encouraged by every time you say something like that, because we know it's from the heart and that you really mean it. And we just get encouraged because we tell people to share those things with us, how the ministry is touching people and ministering to them. We even encourage people to send us letters, you know, uh, and, and share those things. So thank you so much. And we're just glad God is working through us to be a blessing to you and continue to let him uh, move in your life. Amen. And uh, uh, you, you have a question, you I believe, too, as well. Yes, I do. Um, but someone... Um, I has, was a neighbor, and uh, he's 28. I mentioned that for a purpose. He's 28 years old, and so I was talking, and he sees my cross. He says, oh, you're a Christian? I said, yes. And he says, so am I. I said, are you saved? And so he said to me, oh, yeah, of course I'm saved. Now, he's not a little child. I say that for a purpose. And uh, so I'm confused because he says, well, I'm saved um, because my parents are saved. And he kept saying, I'm in like Flint. So I look in the Bible, I thought maybe the Flynn was a, a grown person in the Bible who was saved by his father. I don't see that name in the Bible. But the point yeah. is that, you know, I don't know who he's talking about, but the point is that my question is, are you saved because your parents are saved? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you want uh, us to respond to that uh, situation that you're sharing with us? Yeah, yes. I, I mean, in other words, he was saying, I don't have to worry about anything because my parents okay. are saved, so I'm automatically saved. So he's got oh, an yeah, automatic pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, let, let, he's apparently not uh, educated and equipped and discipled on the Bible because if he was, uh, he would know better than that uh, because that's a lie of the enemy. And oh. really, when you look at the scriptures, Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, the classic case of this it would be Jesus and his own family. I mean, uh, Jesus, uh, most of the people in his family, his siblings, were uh, didn't believe. And, you know, when you're talking about Jesus, who's God manifested in the flesh. That's about talking about the incarnation. Uh, God came into the world, Emmanuel being God being with us, and yet they still rejected. And then later on, uh, James, one of his brothers, and Jude, later on, they believed, but at first, uh, they were having a hard time believing in Jesus. So if they had a hard time believing in Jesus as his siblings, <clears throat> then it's, uh, you know, it's even a minor case when it's talking about somebody who is not Jesus himself. So, and, but also when you look at the scriptures, it puts it, everything on an individual level. Like, for instance, John three sixteen. you might want to make a note of that, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. Uh, you know, so it puts it on a whosoever believes in him sh shall be saved. So 
you know, it's, it puts it on the individual level. And then also uh, Romans 10 and 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10, uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So the Bible challenges all of us to confess our sins. And if you lean on your parents' uh, salvation and don't confess your sins, then you're going to be light and duped by the enemy, and you're going to end up going to a place other than heaven. So Satan is a master at trickery and lies, and he'll make people think I can lean on my parents' uh, salvation and, you know, them being saved and that sort of thing. No, it's all an individual thing. The Bible says it throughout the Bible. And, uh, you know, and we, the scriptures I gave you are so important with that. But you look at Jesus and his own family, and Jesus said, a prophet is without honor in his own country. So, uh, you know, and Jesus came into his own and his own received him not. When he talks about he came to his own, he's talking about the Jews as a whole and even the family. I mean, he came in his own, his own received him not. But it's a situation where it all boils down to everybody individually. It's not a collective thing that you just say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get saved because I'm saved automatically. No, you save not automatically. You save individually. We replace the word automatically with individually, and that into the individual is based upon a confession of, of sins, because, you know, it, that's what the Bible talks about throughout First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So hopefully that helps out, and it, it gives some uh, uh, feedback to what you said. And Gary, you want to add to that before we go to the commercial? Well, you, you mentioned in like Flint, and it's a it's a, an expression that originally came from a reference to a film, old actor by the name of Errol Flint mm-hmm. uh, from a movie that he was in. So they use that as uh, an expression to mean that you have the inroad um, and that he was a romantic uh, actor. And so he was very uh, sought after, shall we say. <laughs> but anyway, there's nobody in the Bible named Flint, so don't look him up because he's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All right. Amen. So hopefully, uh, Sophia, that has given you some insight. You have, well, yes, you have yes, any prayer? It, it does. Like as always, it was magnificent. I'm a little embarrassed now that I'm looking at <laughs> the Bible for, for Flint. But anyway, God bless you both, and thank you so much. All right. Amen. God bless Amen. you. Amen. And All keep right. in mind, nobody... Can can ride the the parents' coattails into heaven. It's an individual. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, it just doesn't work that way. You, you got to stand. We all have a, a an appointment at the ju- at the judgment at the bema, and your parents won't be there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you and Jesus. That's right. Individual thing. We all must yeah. appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's another one that you can look at too. Yeah. Second Corinthians five and uh, uh, ten that we almost stand before the judgment seat. That's collectively, but it says that everyone. That means individually, 
So you got the collective perspective and then you got the individual one that everyone, see, that brings it to a personal thing. It's All very, right. Yep. All right. Amen. Thank you, Sophia. God bless you. And look like we're at that point, Brother Gary. Yeah, it looks like it's time for us to take a break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we just want to encourage you to continue to pray for Contending for the Faith. This is a prayer-driven ministry, and without those prayers, we know we can't do what God has called us to do. And so we rely on your prayers as well as your financial giving. This is a listener-supported ministry. And so, you know, it's been almost 20 years on the air, and God's people have stepped up to the plate time and time again to knock a home run for contending for the faith. And this is one of those times where we need you to, to hit it out of the park for us because we have a $300 deficit that we need to retire. We want to get things back in the black. So we need your help. This is... Uh, one of those SOS messages that we need you to step up because we don't want to have a situation where uh, you tune in on a Saturday night and all of a sudden discover that we're no longer on the air. Uh, we want to keep going. And we know God's desire is for us to keep going. And we want to partner with you in order to do that through your prayers and through your financial giving. So, so important right now. We know that somebody, even tonight, as Dr. Buckner mentioned earlier, could hear about hear this message and hear this this plea and uh, simply go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, click on the donate button, and bam, retire that debt. So we want to encourage you to do that. Or you can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, T.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. It's that simple. We need your help tonight. And we know that uh, God is blessing, contending for the faith. We know that people are being touched, as you heard our first caller, Sophia. Um, and she's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, we know that a lot of people out there listen and don't call in, but they're being blessed. That they're receiving what God wants them to receive as a result of tuning in. And so you're participating in that as well as you give. So we want to encourage you tonight. Hit a home run for contending for the faith. Keep the prayers going up and continue to be a blessing for us and for everyone listening in the audience for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner. All right, let's do it, Brother Gary. Okay, so we have uh, Jermaine holding. Brother Jermaine, how you doing, my brother? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. All right, thank you so much for your patience uh tonight and we trust you got encouraged by the word tonight oh always you know um i'm glad you're on podcast i can continuously re-listen yes oh beautiful yeah we want to encourage people to do that to continue to re-listen to the programs and get blessed and so uh what's on your heart tonight my brother well uh, i just wanted to, i know this whole uh abortion debate is kind of heated up in the country, and um, I had a conversation with a relative who apparently didn't really understand. He thought it was a complete ban, and I was explaining 
the uh, importance to not be ignorant and really listen to what's being said, how it's not a ban. However, I, I was disturbed. I heard a sermon from a, a pastor in Oakland where one of my cousins attends a church where I, I guess Kamala Harris used to attend. And I, the sermon was a Mother's Day sermon, and it started off okay, but then personal opinion got interjected. And it basically, the exact words were, uh, he knew that the Supreme Court justices who voted against abortion were not Bible readers because they took the choice away. And then it, you know, turned racial and just got sidetracked. But as I read my Bible, I don't see anywhere where taking a choice to abort away is is something that's wicked. And uh, even though that wasn't what was done, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it because it just it really irritates me when a lot of these preachers, especially in minority communities, it seems like they're more looking for political positions than, you know, doing what they're supposed to do and preach the gospel. So I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, that's a good uh, point. Yeah, it's a lot of people in churches and unfortunately uh, even uh, pastors that are some pastors who are uh, tickling uh, people's uh, ears and they are falling victim of uh, being uh, compromising, confusing, and contradicting what the Word of God says. And you know, Paul says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after them, own lusts keep to themselves. Teachers who will tickle their ears, and the truth of God shall be made into mythology. And we are living in that day and age today. Thank God for the Archbishop of San Francisco who uh, said that he's going to ban Nancy Pelosi from taking communion because, you know, she's another one that uh, is, uh, you know, believes in abortion, and yet she claims to be a Catholic. It's a double standard, you know, but yet we got some people in evangelical churches that are thinking like that. I think the thing that we have to do is constantly uh, be solid in the Bible know the word of God for ourselves and and know and, and stand firm and giving a reason and answer for our faith in terms of the Bible. And so and when we come to the Bible, uh, these are some just some good scriptures that uh, that you can take note of because we can dialogue with people about what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and uh, that sort of thing. It, what that is all speculation is not revelation. And so uh, when I'm talking to people about, you know, abortion, I go right to the word of God. And I say, this is what God says. And I stand on that. And if you want to contradict that, then you're going to have to stand before God and there's going to be consequences for that. So, you know, God is very clear about this subject matter. And when he says in Exodus 20, thou shall not kill in the uh, Hebrew, it's a stronger word, uh, thou shall not murder, it's premeditated murder. And that means killing a, a person's life uh, through violence or killing a person, a baby's life. And you just can't get around that. That's God's attitude about this whole subject matter. And then you remember Job says in Job chapter 1, and you look at Job chapter 1 and 2, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. So it's God's prerogative to give life and take it. And when a person says, it's my body, no, it's God's body because he made your body and he made you in the image of him. And uh, we are to glory 
give God the glory in everything we do, including not only our spirit, but our body and our soul, you know, because we're created as image in the Imago Dei. And then you put into that, you know, because that's Genesis 1, 26 and 27, but you put into that Psalms 139, 13 through 16, it lays out how we were wonderfully made and, and it's, you know, and that sort of thing. And then a classic case of this whole scenario is that very few people bring out is John the Baptist, you know, he leaped in his mother's womb. Now, you don't find anywhere in the Bible in Genesis nor uh, from Genesis to Revelation where the children were killed. I mean, matter of fact, when the, the well, the only way the children were killed, and this is a really important point, when the children of Israel had compromised and they had fallen victim of listening to what the pagans had said, and they fell into the God of Molech, and they started throwing their children into the fire to burn them alive. God judged the nation of Israel for that, you know, and it's not just where I can do what I want to do with my body. No, uh, it's God's body. He made you. That's the way we respond to it on an apologetic level. And then we also say that that creation inside you is God's creation, and they should have some say. Because if you put the baby on the witness stand, and you say, and you say to the baby, I'm going to get ready to kill you. The baby said, oh, no, don't kill me. I want to live. And we don't know who that baby is going to be, who, that, who God is going to raise that baby to be. Just think if they would have did that to John the Baptist, the way God used him. But you think about the whole, you do a study on Moloch and all the stuff, how they used to throw their, their babies, the pagans, and into the fire and burn them as sacrifices. God judged them severely for that stuff. God doesn't play around with that stuff. And there's many other scriptures, you know, I just gave you like those in Exodus 21, 22 through 25, and, uh, you know, and Jeremiah 1 and five through six, five through four through five, when Jeremiah talks about when I was in my womb, mother's womb, he, you know, you call me. Isn't that important? Even when he was in his mother's womb, uh, he said the Lord had called him. God is speaking to babies in the womb and speaking to us through the womb of the parents. And then you got Isaiah 41 and nine and Galatians 1, 14 through 17. So hopefully that helps out my brother. Those are some good solid scriptures, and I will stick with that. Stick with the word of God because Jesus said that the truth will make them free. And even if they get angry, stick with it. All right. Well, thank you. You got it. Thank you too. All right. God bless you. Call back again soon. We appreciate your questions. All right. So we had uh, Brother Alfred called and requested prayer for Danny, an elder at Alfred's church who passed away, that we would pray for his wife, Carol, and their family and friends. So let's uh, cover that. So, Lord, we just lift up this elder in uh, Alfred's church, Danny, who's first the wife that remains and the family that remains. And, Lord God, that you 
are the God of all comfort. We've been speaking on this for the last 16 plus Saturdays, that you are the God of all comfort. And with the same comfort you comfort us, you would have us comfort others. And so, Lord, we pray that your comfort and love would surround that family, strengthen them and encourage them and be with them over this loss, Lord God, that they would sense your presence and that they would sense your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we've got Brother Rick holding. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Oh, we're got a question for you. Let me get the question in. Okay, what's on your heart? Oh, uh, yeah. We, we, we know that when we believers go to heaven, they will see Jesus Christ. Will they see God the Father? Rick, that is a tremendous question. Thank you for that, because that's always been a controversial question, and a lot of Christians uh, don't know what to say, because a lot of us have been taught that um, because Jesus came in physical form uh, and he had uh, an immortal body after his resurrection, that we will be able to see him. But since God is spirit, and uh, John 4 and 24, they say that we won't be able to see God the Father, but we'll see uh, Jesus. Well, uh, if you really look at uh, Revelation 21, it seems to beg to differ because uh, Revelation 21, uh, let me read it uh, to you, Revelation 21 uh, and verses 1 through 3 uh, through uh, 4. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of the heaven, preparing as a bride adored for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them. He will dwell with them. So, and then it says, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So what you're getting here in verse three, that the tabernacle of God is with them and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself. Notice what it says and God himself shall be with them and their God. So what is that telling you? It's telling you that God shall be with them and he shall be their God and he will dwell in the tabernacle. So we will be able to see God. And somebody says, well, how can we do that? And, you know, you know Moses, when he tried to look upon God uh, on Mount Sinai, he just got like blinded almost and and Paul on the road of Damascus. Well, what what they forget is that we are going to after the resurrection, we'll have a spiritual body like Jesus. Jesus is able to see the Father, and because we will have a body like him, it says in first John three and two, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We'll have a spiritual body like his. And we'll be able to do the very things that he's doing as for seeing. So hopefully that helps out. I know we have about a little minute, but hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. Thank you very much. Yes, do some more study on that, on Revelation 21. Uh, and by the way, 
uh, I want to say this to uh, Jermaine as well before we close that it does say uh, about murders as well that in Revelation 20 and verse uh, 8 it says no murderer shall enter the kingdom of God so it's a, it's a dangerous thing to be involved with murder unless you repent you're a repentant murderer Brother Gary I turn it over to you all right. Well, we've definitely come to end, to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of this program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And as I mentioned earlier, if you'd like to have Dr. Buffner speak at your church or provide a seminar, give him a call at area code 415-721-1778. That's 415-721-1778. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we come, once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buffner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.